and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. This week we discuss the disappointing 1914 defeat at Worcester. The plastic pitch at Six Ways hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Bristol in recent years. Here are our thoughts on what went wrong and where we go from here. There's a preview of Friday's home game with our friends from the Wasp Report. How will Pat and the team react against Wasps, another team we've struggled against in the past? There's also transfer speculation with another fly half looking set to join next season. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, it's uh, Sunday evening, first of all, Lee, uh, back at your place, but we're a bit thin on the ground here in BS3. <laughs> we are, Tony, a bit like our heads, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's just me and you actually in the in the studio tonight, isn't it? And, uh, and we've got Pete on the phone, so... I mean, personally, I, I don't mind this. I think it's quite quite cosy, mate. Bijou. It, it, it is, and you know, we we'll get the same high level of contribution from Miles as we <laughs> as we normally do. Uh, well, let's. Uh, um, you know, we've had what was it three storms in a week? I, I walking round here. I was blowing all over North yeah. Street getting here. Um, I heard that Pete uh, went out for a walk, flew up in the air. Pete, where have you landed? Uh, Kansas. Kansas. I've landed in. Uh, that's, that's an oblique reference to Wisdom Oz. So, um, I've landed. Uh, I'm in Shropshire. Uh, back up with uh, the mother-in-law. Took the kids up for half term. Um, I'm at the forefront. I think the new storm appears to be coming in through through Shropshire at the moment. So uh, I'll do my best to, to sort of hold it at bay for the rest of you if I can. Well, th- thanks for that, Pete and Lee. You know. We, it was great celebrating our 100th edition last week, but as soon as we got to the 101st, two of them bail out. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not what I expected. It kind of feels like we've been used a little bit, Tone, doesn't it? It's like uh, it's like the, the band managed to get that, that last album out, you know, before it all collapsed. But uh, yeah. I'm sure we can all defort together, can't we? Yeah, and uh, I'd like to say uh, a very special thank you to one of our listens, listeners, Aaron, who got in contact after the 100th search show and uh, has very kindly uh, donated to, to the four of us uh, a lovely bottle of Monkey Shoulder Old Fashioned, uh, a pre-mixed uh, whiskey cocktail. Very nice. Now, I said to Lee, this is an ideal opportunity to crack it open because there's the only two of us here. And what did you say? Well... Our listeners who know me will never think these words come out of my mouth, but they genuinely did. Um, I said we should really save it until when we're all back together again, shouldn't we? But with Miles, who knows? That could be, <laughs> could be maybe summertime. <laughs> well, to be fair, Miles, you usually drink champagne, doesn't it? I mean, he drinks champagne like you and I drink milk. Yeah. 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 He I ba- mean, bathes in it, him and the it, it will be a downturn for Miles, but I'm afraid he's going to have to take one for the team, isn't he, just on this occasion? He certainly is. And another listener who um, got in touch about our 100th edition, of, of which I hope all our regulars have actually finished it now, because it, <laughs> it, it was an epic at, uh, I think, one hour four. 41 minutes 53 seconds so uh simon who uh listens to the show um he, he he does a bit of running and he said now that's his target time for coming back to run a half marathon <laughs> he's, he's going to try and run it in under our epic one hour 41 minute 53 second episode it's so multitasking tone aren't we yeah so good good luck to uh simon for that right it was round 17 worcester 19 bristol 14 we went with high 
expectations, although Worcester has been a, a bogey team in recent years, but we, we tended to uh, have got the upper hand in the last couple of seasons. But uh, Pete, let me come to you first. When you uh, when you saw the team sheets, um, what, what, what were you thinking before the game? Well, I was confident. I mean, I, I think we've always got to be confident uh, for every game that we play, uh, and particularly on the back of uh, our um, chat with Marcello last week, where he was very, <laughs> very pessimistic about uh, them even appearing to get a team out, let alone any quality. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was confident. But of course, the whole storm thing uh, worried me a little bit, and and, and being an away game. Uh, it, I, there was a little bit of doubt in my mind and a niggly bit of doubt in my mind and the plastic pitch thing as well so yeah but I was confident that's the, that's the problem yeah and uh, Lee I must admit I, I, you know I was reasonably confident as well but four minutes in uh, there was that kick through Vandermeer touches down for the try seemed to come from nowhere faster than uh, everybody on the Bears team and we're uh, 7-0 down do you know I just felt then I just had that gut feeling it wasn't going to be our night yeah I mean I wasn't quite as confident as you two when the team sheet was uh, was was made was was announced it was just because I had some concerns obviously nine Strang at nine coming into the into the system I mean he's our he was our third fourth choice number nine and also Lloyd at fullback I have to admit concerned me um, but we did we did actually before they scored their try we did we did start quite well didn't we there was that nice little chip that Sheedy put over the top that Lloyd caught um, and we you know we were very nearly away so we, we've got to remember that actually that could have been a, a, an ideal start for us but unfortunately we got turned over didn't we the, you know seconds later and then um and then that was it. That was the that was the kind of start, really, of of the the downward spiral. And yeah, I mean, their try. I mean, it was it was uh, it, it just felt like deja vu again for me, really. Um, All over again. Yeah, mm. I, and I think we're probably going to keep coming back to this as as you do with deja vu. Mm. But it just felt from that from that that point on, it kind of felt like oh no, we could struggle tonight. Yeah, and I mean, Pete, um, within 18 minutes there, 14-0 up, Beck scored. Um, yeah, for a, a team that was struggling on confidence, do you think the diamond effect had um, mobilised them? Not really. I think they just took two chances that they got. I mean, it was a total disastrous first 20 minutes for us. We had plenty of possession. We had plenty of opportunity to exert pressure on them. I butchered pretty much everything. Um, and I just don't, I think that going 14 nil down, and, and of course we did come back, so let's put a caveat on that. It wasn't anything to do with anything really, apart from the fact that we, we just gave them the opportunity to, uh, to, to, to release pressure, and, and you know, they, they took two good chances. I mean, I, I think the grubber, I mean, both tries were too easy in my mind, but I mean, when you watch the, um, Van der Merwe tried back. I mean, Lloyd gave up running. It was he looked like he was blowing already after six. And I think they did mention on comms that the game the game had been live for kind of the past six minutes. There hadn't been any stopping, had there? Mm. Um, and then I mean, you know, the guy that went over the centre seemed to go over very easily. I, I just wonder. 
wonder where the defensive set was there, but yeah, it was a few phases. So yeah, I, 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 whilst it would, yeah, we, it shouldn't have been like that. So it was a poor, poor 20 minutes. It, we, we, we just, yeah, we shouldn't have uh, allowed that to happen. The thing that I put down in my notes then at 20 minutes was that Worcester looked hungrier and they mm. played with more inten- intensity and that shouldn't be happening at, at any level. We, that you should, we, made one, a, we made a couple of line breaks we did, in that first yeah. 20 minutes. So we're playing, you know, we're going for it and, and it's just that, that, that being clinical thing. Mm. Mm. And then, uh, anyway, we did seem to step up a gear then after uh, a lot of handling errors, um, and they were just so many, weren't there, in that first 20 minutes? Um, But then, you know, for all our razzle-dazzle and the backs and the the open play, it was was grunt up front from about five metres out that saw Lua Tua uh, go over, and didn't he take that that really well? I mean, when I was looking at the telly, I didn't actually see the ball was in his hand. No, I know. It was that quick, wasn't it? It was one of those. I know Dan Thomas did one as well, didn't he? But but Lua Tua, he just picked the ball up, and you're like, how's he gone over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it it was class, and it, it was... What I loved about that is that it's a sort of try that Steve Diamond absolutely hates being scored against his teams. So for me, that was like, you know, we, we, we fronted up against them and where, where we thought we might struggle was actually, you know, a positive for us, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then Pete, uh, 28 minutes, quick quick fire really, three or four minutes later, uh, Lahif goes over. And again, I think uh, huge credit to him because I think he, he had about three blokes on his back as he yeah. went over from five metres. He had three blokes on his back and he had Kitchener's hand yeah. somewhere where you don't want to see it. And I, I, I wonder whether that actually propelled him forward a little bit because he was, he, was so, he, was, he was getting squeezed somewhere. Um, but what a great try that was. I, 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 it's kind of thing we've been hoping that Lahif would do a bit more often because we all know that he has got the filthiest of filthy ricks. Um, and to see him pummel forward like that was really good. I, 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 I think he's been quietly improving a lot hasn't he over over the last few months I think um I, I, so I was really pleased. I absolutely agree with you. I think over these last two games, I think he's probably had the, the two best games uh, that, that he's had for Bristol. Um, he, he's really come on. Mm. At that point uh, as well. It was a good try. I saw one comment on those two tries, and I just think on another day, you know that, that Worcester were really close to getting a yellow card, weren't they? they, they there was mm. a multiple penalties mm. had come, and I just wonder the fact we actually scored those kind of if if he hadn't have scored it and they'd have you know we piled in and they'd offended or killed it on the line it could have been a, we could have got a try and a yellow after that it was just one of those little occasions where I thought because I think Barnes then said after the Leith try said oh, you need to sort your discipline out and then that was kind of it you know that um, so I just wanted it's one of those things where we scored a bit we were a bit too efficient ironically after having slagged off the bigger up. Well, I, 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 I think I think lots of those penalties came towards the end as well of the uh, the first half, and I think they had three quick fire in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a yellow would have gone, um, and then of course we we took the um, kick to the five meter line, yeah. and there was that horrendous overthrow, which completely yeah. you know yeah. again we talk about game management at the you know eighty minutes. But again, a bit of game management there, just something simple, collect it, get them all going. Yeah. If they're penalised again, you're starting to look yellow card, potentially you're starting to look at, you know, penalty try depending how close you're getting. 
um, but to, to completely overthrow. And then didn't they break and uh, ended yeah. up, you, you yeah. know, in, in our uh, our twenty five? And and that's that's the time when you want the experienced players to have, you know. I mean, it, we know that those players have got the nerves to do that, but why don't we do it? You know, it's it's like why that game management? Why why aren't we? Why isn't someone grabbing that by the scruff of the neck and saying exactly what you've just done, and and being sensible about things? Yeah, and we don't know. Yeah. there's a, there's a red um, weather warning for extreme <laughs> wind conditions, and and you know, in the dying seconds, we throw to uh, yeah. right to the over the back of the the line. But what what difference that would have made if they'd got a yellow card? We'd gone on and scored. We would have been seven points up, playing yeah. against fourteen men, and we would have probably put that game to bed. Yeah, but we didn't. I also wonder why why we why did we take a line out? We could have taken a scrum. I mean, we're five meter scrum. We've got we've got a really quick number eight. I was just thinking, you know, we were we were looking so we were pretty solid in the scrub in that in the first half, and then there was only a couple of scrums anyway. But I just thought, why have, why we always assume a line out? Why not a in that position, quick ball to fix Harding, gets round there, blindside flanker, pops to Strang, you're over, aren't you? I, I just wondered again, like you say, Tony, that given the weather conditions, that would have been a kind of minimising risk a little bit more. But you, you don't often see that, do you? It's, it, it's always straight back out into touch and. And see, so it just it just struck me at the time that why not a scrum instead? And I, I think you know one of the things, the big differences from last season as well. Our, our maul from five meters out was such a weapon, yeah. and I mean probably almost every other time we had a maul like that, we were scoring. We we yeah. I, either we've changed or defenses have got better against what we were doing because. Uh, we, we that driving mall is just nowhere near as effective as it was uh, last year. But anyway, it looked like the tide had turned, uh, although we butchered that uh, opportunity right at the end of the second half. We're going in 14 all, and you just thought, actually, you know, are they going to tire a bit? The, you know, the people that they've had to bring in, because they had a lot of injuries as well, are we going to kick on? And then, uh, Lee, four minutes into uh, second half, we get our answer, and... Uh, the huge number eight. Um, well, he waltzed in from about thirty well, metres out, didn't I, he? I think Waltz was, was yeah. I mean, it, it was comical, wasn't it, for me that try? Because you know, initially we went Dan Thomas and Lewitu had gone over the top, and then that created a bit of space. Um, and then with the clear out, I mean, Sheedy was on the wrong side. Um, I mean, that that was you know just awful tackle or an attempt to tackle um, and then Lloyd again was on the wrong side but just was was bounced off and I mean you can't blame Lloyd because at that point that guy's not going to be stopped I mean Violano uh, was was over the try line at that point and he is twice as big as He's Lloyd twice literally yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you've been too, I think you've been too too um, uh, given too much credit it's just a professional game I and mean, that's two missed tackles yeah the guy's big but you know you just get him around the legs yeah it was poor and, and I'm, I'm sorry about Lloyd but it wasn't he he, he, he was five metres out when Lloyd had a go at him and, and he could have I, I mean I know he's smaller but that is that is a to me that was a shocking shocking try to concede mm. a number of levels you, considering that their young fly off spent most of the night smashing semi most of the time uh, and you know I just I just think I'm 
I don't want to you don't want to personally blame them because it does happen. We know that, and it's almost like it's typical that that happened at that point when. And, but he took two tackles off them, and he's a lump. Yeah, but come on, this is a professional game. They practice tackling all the time. He ran from about fifty yards. Yeah. Um, I'm you, just you know it was a very very poor try to concede. I mean, I think for me that that just summed up exactly why Yoy and Lloyd shouldn't be playing at fullback. Um, I mean, I I know that the guy's got a lot of talent. Um, I just feel that he's better. His talent is better positioned in a in in a different number, personally. Well, that's yeah, yeah. So it's a nineteen fourteen. That's the end of the scoring. So um, we then had what thirty six minutes scoreless. Um, we failed to score, as as is obvious in the second half. Jack Bates got that yellow card. Fair, I think, um, for him to go. Um, but e- even then, with all the the, the, the play, um, Lahif went off, I think, after about, was it 58, 59 minutes? Then the scrum started to creak. You know, Ashley Challenger, you know, we were all made up for him last uh, week when he scored his try. But I think you see a tight head, um, you know, when you've got a play... Uh, is he quite premiership quality our scrum started going backwards Jake Walmore came on as well you know we love Jake on the pod but he doesn't seem to be the player that he was a season or two seasons no. ago um, and, and once you're conceding scrum penalties it's 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 very difficult to get back in the game you're losing territory you're losing possession all the time but even with all of that we should have probably won it at the end shouldn't we what your thoughts on that, Pete? That um, yeah, four on two. Totally. I mean, we had not just that one at the end. We should have. We had enough possession and enough field position at times to have, with enough good players in our side, enough quality to to have. We should have overcome them. I just think. I mean, they were good. You know, fair play to to Worcester. They did exactly what they should. They had to do. They they fought. They were tenacious. They tackled hard. They're a fairly limited side, and when you look at what we've got, it's, it, it's very disappointing. And, and yeah, right at the end, you know, we butchered it, didn't we, and uh, knocked it hard. And it was just a set, but it was just a continuation of what had happened pretty much all through the game. You know, just think, not thinking clearly under pressure, it was thinking very unclearly under pressure. And you know, it takes it all the way back to, to Clyde Woodward and his teacup. The thinking thing, we just are not doing that at the moment. And it wasn't just that night, it's been kind of all through the season. I don't know how you get better at doing that. I don't know whether you have to hunker down. You know, ironically, you know, we were in the middle of this storm where the, where I was hunkering down all day because our school had closed. And I just felt that we need to hunker down metaphorically in the, in the game plan a little bit at times. Um, so it was, it was I mean, extraordinarily disappointing not to score a point in that second half. Mm. Um, you want to come in? Yeah, I just want to. I agree with you, Pete. I just I think that and I'm dumbfounded how we can go from being so clinical last season to to to, to just being so awful at it this season. And I mean, we've showed we've had games recently. We've you know we've won four on a spin, and and it, it was like everything was back to normal again. But then we've had games where we've just looked so out of sorts when we get anywhere near the red zone. And um, like Pete said earlier, Worcester had gone there twice 
has scored twice. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, London Irish went there four times and scored four times. And it's like everyone else. And you can't blame, like, that's that's our fault. We're the guys that are spilling the ball and coughing up turnovers at left, right and centre. You can't blame anyone else for that. So I'm dumbfounded of what's happened. I think I think that it's really hard to. Under, I mean, we're, you know, what do we know with fans? But we just see it happen every week. But I, I just think it's we're forcing things, aren't we? This is the, this is the thing when you when you're forcing stuff and you're not feeling balanced and in some sort of equilibrium, these sort of things happen. I mean, the classic example was um, Semi's forward pass mm. to Leua. I mean, that was a that was that was basic schoolboy training ground move, and all you had to do was pass it sideways. Now, either Leo were overrun or, or, or Semi had slightly delayed or whatever, but, I mean, can you imagine, Tony, you played t- rugby tops or whatever, and I played at school and stuff, if I'd done that, I would have got roasted by my coach. It was basic. And, but, and these, are, these are sort of international players, and so like, the only thing I can, I can try to, to understand that is that it's just confidence, it's just knowing they know in that subconsciously they know things aren't going well so they're just trying to force things at times and it's when they shouldn't be and just try and should just be natural and just try and back themselves play their own game and it all kind of came together yet again in a perfect storm on friday to get literally a perfect storm but that is but that's that's the exact same uh stage pete that you do need to start off going back to, to the basics because then you don't feel like you're trying to rush things and you're trying to yeah. to force matters because you've got points on the board because you've done things yeah. the right way to begin with, solid foundations. Absolutely, and that's where I think, you know, all these chicken wing passes and basketball lobs yeah. and, uh, you know, are fine once you've built your platform, you've established a lead, yeah. you know, you're putting a team to the sword. Yeah. But uh, you know, when you're trailing and you're, you're you're early in the first half and you're doing those kind of things and they don't come off, um, looks fabulous when it does come off. But it, it's getting fewer and fewer times that that it actually is. And well, think about their first try. It was just a grubber kick. Yeah. It was the simplest of things, and Van der Merwe just walked it in. Now, have you ever seen Semi do a grubber kick through and chase it on? There were so many opportunities. I was thinking about this during the game when I was watching the second half. There were plenty of opportunities. Even that one where you could just turn it into the corner and, and you might get a try. But Marhan did it a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? At, um, in that first half against... Uh, um, no, it wasn't against Newcastle. And it's like... It's like it's like that's a really good that's a really good thing to do. We just didn't try it at all. Like at no point did anybody think because their defence they were just spreading defence across the pitch. Every team does every time we play teams, and, and we're just trying to we're just running into them the whole time. And then why why we could do anything like that in the, the twenty two? So I just think it's a. You know, is that is that because players are just so drilled not to do it? It's not part of the game plan, or is it just just don't think about it in, in those key moments? I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Um, let's talk about some of the, um, the the player performances then. Uh, Lee, if you want to look at the forwards and Pete the backs, uh, and just uh, who caught your eye and uh, who who maybe didn't come up to scratch. 
Well, I'd, I'd like to say um, Max, like we've we've already just talked about Max Laheef for me. Um, I, I think that was again one of his better games for Bristol, um, and he definitely has come on in the last few weeks. He seems to have stepped up, um, and I think a lot of that is also game time because you know he's mm. had a career which has been stop start with injuries, hasn't it? And I think when he gets a run of games, he can show you exactly how good he is. Mm. So Max stood out for me. Um, I also thought, I mean, again, Mr. Consistency, uh, Chris Fui, yeah. Stephen Luatua, again, they give you exactly. Um, I thought Dan Thomas was, again, I mean, these guys are kind of week in, week out, just performing at that level. Um, and again, Fitzhardin, I thought, you know, I, I, we were slightly worried, weren't we, the last few weeks that he might be running out of puff a little bit. But I think... It, Maybe with some of the individual errors that he's he's made he, that he hasn't done, you know, rec- uh, until recently. But for me, Fitzhardin is still he's still performing at a high level, and obviously he's got to do that because, you know, I don't think we'll be bringing Hughes back anytime soon. So, no, no, it looks like you know that number eight shirt is his it's for his. For, yeah. for the season. Uh, I, I'd go along with with absolutely everything you said there. Um, yeah, maybe Jake. As I say, disappointing that that lineout throw at the end. But you know that that front row, I think, did really well in the first half. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, Pete, yeah, the backs. Yeah, I, I just want to say because I feel like I've, I've been a bit negative actually. That it's not for the, the lack of effort. I think these boys try hard all the time. But the fact that trying things is brilliant and. Yeah, they put the bodies on the line, and I don't think there was no downing of tools. There was nothing like that. So, I, you know, it was it, it's really positive in that sense. But yeah, backs. I mean, I thought Strang. I thought he looked really good. Um, I, I thought he had a really good quick pass. He's very wristy. Um, looked like he'd settled into that position, considering he'd been put in there from nowhere. I, and I was quite surprised he got taken off that early. Um, unless Pat was just very nervous that he hadn't got injured. Um, so I thought Strang, Strang looked good. Um, I wasn't, you know. Um, again, I mean, I, you know, I, I thought Sheedy tried a few different things, didn't he? He, he made the chair. He, he actually took the ball into contact a couple of times and, and set up some quite quick ball. And I just, I think, I, Austin Healy mentioned it on comms, I think. And, and I thought, yeah, fair play. He was trying a bit more. Um, and uh, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, Shani is... Sammy puts his body on the line. It does look weak. You cannot fault his kind of endeavour to take the ball into contact, be smashed by loads of people. But that's all that happens most of the time. Um, and and then when he does get on the outside and finds the soft shoulder, he throws the forward pass and drops it. So I, I don't know what to say about Sammy. I, I, you know, he's, he's still a really potent weapon, and uh, I'm really, I'm really glad he's in our club. But I just don't know. <laughs> like what's going on really um, I, I thought Nayua played well he, he, you know we talked about him last week as being regenerated <laughs> and I still think he looks he looks like twice the player he was at the beginning of the season and, albeit you know again made a few mistakes here and there so so yeah I mean there was it's a load of endeavour and on another day some of these things might have come off we might have walked in a, a very comfortable victory yeah yeah and of course um, one of the the things so unfortunate for us we've we've broken another scrum half yeah 
uh, Toby Venner came on, uh, lasted 12 minutes. And actually, <laughs> in that little cameo, I, I thought he looked very sprightly, uh, was quick. But again, the curse of the plastic pitch, he, he just seemed to get his studs caught, his knee went, didn't it? And um, the initial signs uh, are not very, not very yeah. uh, good for him. So, you know, we might be out in the market to try and get another another nine so keep practicing your box kicks Pete I know you were disappointed <laughs> to get overlooked this week well, but but you know there's still a possibility yeah. for you well I was, my joke was I said yeah but then of course I've got my knee problem haven't I so what I thought was you know they, if I if I sign that I make it, I have to get my knee up done right quickly and then maybe get in there and actually on that note obviously Lloyd went in at scrum half and initially did look a little bit, <laughs> wasn't quite sure where to stand and stuff like that, wasn't it? And as you mentioned off, I think before we start recording, yeah, that asking Wade Barnes where he had to stand for the scrub. Excuse me, and, Mr. And, Barnes, and, can, and, I, can, can I stand here, please, yeah. sir? <laughs> but once he got into it, I thought, I thought he's got a quite a quick class. I thought he's got potential, and I wonder whether Pat's thinking. getting through nines that uh, might be it'd be interesting he to see want it. <laughs> he, I, I wonder if he, he will practice a few more uh, uh, little sessions at scrum half but let's well and let's, especially, especially since he, he what happened at fullback he might not look at the wasps pack and think I don't want to have to try, try and tackle one of those lumps mm-hmm. again so he might be knocking on Pat's door yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. Um, Harding made the most metres, 77 metres. Bates, 61 metres. Lloyd, 56 metres. And Ran Randra, 52 metres from 17 carries. So, um, d- d- despite the forward pass and the fumbles, you know, he certainly put a, a, a shift in there. Yeah. Um, we, 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 we made 20, we had 26 missed tackles, mm-hmm. um, 19 of which were. F- amongst the backs and I was looking at the stats everybody missed at least two tackles the most uh, most of them missed three tackles along that back line so uh, you know not 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 great there um, okay well just to round up then the rest of the results from round 17 uh, Bath 20 Leicester 24 Quinns 29 Wasps 24 we'll hear a bit more about that from Rob who we speak to on the Wasp preview uh, Irish 32 Saracens 30 Paddy Jackson winning it with the, the last kick of the game again that starts to put the, the our result against them in, in a little bit more perspective Perspective. Saints 21, uh, Sale 22, and 
14 men, Newcastle 14, Exeter 15. So you look at that, the um, the the winning margins then 5 4 5 2 1 and 1. Mm. So uh, nice. you know all those people saying oh with no relegation that uh, you know we, yeah. we wouldn't have exciting rugby. Uh, I mean that is incredible set of results um, uh, that have uh, happened this weekend. Okay, let's move along then. Uh, You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Well, the next game, round 18, is Friday the 25th of February. It's at Ashton Gate, 7.45 kickoff. It's Bristol Bears versus Wasps, and this one isn't on BT Sport. So before we talk about the game, let's hear uh, the latest in Pete's Premiership previews, uh, where he spoke to our friend of the pod, Rob. So I am delighted to be joined again by Rob Sutton from the Wasps Report. He's been on the podcast a few times in the past. Um, Nice to see you, Rob. Thanks for coming on on a Sunday afternoon. How are you? Yeah, very well. Very well. I haven't been blown away in the last few days. So that's a real positive thing. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> to hear that you be, you were safe and sound. Um, now, uh, you, I, I believe you went to the stoop yesterday for the, the Harlequins Wasps game. It uh, looked, uh, looked like a, a bit of a humdinger. What, what, what was it like? Uh, yeah, it was, it was an odd game, really. Um, obviously, as a lot of the Premiership games have been quite affected by the weather about it, it was very windy down there yesterday. Um, Quinn's thoroughly deserved the victory. They were much better than us. They took all their chances. Uh, They scored some really good tries. Um, You you know, I I don't necessarily buy the whole thing. They can't win just because Marcus Smith's not playing. He's a wonderful player, but they won the Premiership because they've got a good squad. And, you know, they still had Joe Marler, who destroyed our scrum almost single-handedly, it felt like yesterday. Um, And at 24-3 down with half an hour to go, it looked like it was going to get out of hand. But... Fair play to our lads. They um, they hung in the fight, which they've done all season, and with the last play of the game, scored under the post to nick a losing bonus points. So, you know, we've, we've been on a nice run. Um, it's four wins from the last five Premiership games and some notable scouts having beaten Leicester, Saracens and Exeter in recent weeks. So, you know, it's they're in decent shape. And it was in the end, it was a decent point. Um, I think we looked at the game when the teams announced that we had a chance, but, you know, I can't really complain about getting beat yesterday. Quinn's played very well. And the main positive from yesterday was um, Jack Willis back on a rugby field for the first time in over a year. Um, <laughs> and he still made 13 tackles in about half an hour, which was, <laughs> which shows, uh, shows sort of the work rate that he goes through. And, um, uh, so um, I'd imagine he will start against Bristol on Friday night um, unless Eddie Jones notices that he's fit again and <laughs> calls him immediately back, which I wouldn't be surprised if he does feature in the Six Nations before that tournament is over. But uh, hopefully not this week anyway. Well, we'll get on to the game in a minute. I mean, you alluded to the, the fact that you've had a pretty, you've been on a pretty good trot recently. And of course, the last time we spoke was right at the beginning of the season, just before you destroyed us. 
at the Coventry Building Society Stadium, a game to which I actually went uh, and I met you there. And it was, uh, I, mean, I actually had a really good time. Um, but yeah, you, that was a bit of a, now I look back, that was definitely a bad omen for for, for our season so far. And, and, you know, it wasn't, it hasn't been the only game we've shipped quite a lot of points. So what 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 do you think mm. has, uh, has changed this season? Because I know you've had a lot of, um, quite a lot of injuries, to be honest, like, you know, this well, season. So what's been going well for, for Wasps this year? Well, to be honest, pre-Christmas, that Bristol game actually was a bit of an anomaly to the rest of the season because we didn't actually start very well um, apart from that game. Um, again, they were playing OK, but they were they lost a lot of close games. Um, you know, I think we, we lost to Exeter at home by four points, I think. We lost at home to Gloucester by two, game they really should have won. We lost away at Worcester by one, game we really should have won. And then, you know, as you alluded to there, Basically, anyone who's any good has been injured at some point. Any big name has had at least a month out in the first part of the season. Uh, but they're starting to roll back now. Obviously, we've had Joe Launchbury back for about a month now. Um, Alfie Barbary came back just before Christmas. Dan Robson came back quite recently. And as I mentioned, Willis is back now as well. Uh, Joe Launchbury's back in England squad now, so I don't think he'll be available for Friday night. Um but yeah, the, the real turning point was beating Leicester at home. Um, that was obviously Leicester's first defeat of the season. And that seemed to just give them real belief and confidence. And since then, they beat Toulouse at home when we had Jacob Umanga sent off. We played, I think it was an hour with 14 men and beat Toulouse. Beat Saracens at home and won at Exeter. Um, which Wasps don't do very often. I think that was only the second time ever Wasps have won at Sandy Park. And I know they're probably not the side they were, but, it, you know, it's still, a, it's still a good result. So, yeah, we're sort of... The, the, the sort of top four race is sort of... It's so congested. Wasps have gone from fifth to eighth, I think, by losing yesterday and could potentially drop again, depending on what happens with Exeter today. So, uh, so yeah, they're right. They're, they're in the mix. I don't think they'll make the top four. Um, but, yeah, they're in with a real chance of finishing in the top, you know, fifth or sixth, which I think would be... Considering where we were at the start of the season and the injuries, that would be a decent season, I think. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, so so you're going to roll into uh, Ashton Gate um, on Friday. Uh, we've had a very, very well poor season, really, and and mm-hmm. actually having one gone on a bit of a run of four wins, we've now lost two on the bounce to teams that we thought we might be at home. Uh, and uh, so we beat lost to London Irish and then at home shipped forty nine points, and then lost to Worcester on Friday, which was was let's be honest, was very disappointing for Bristol. So in that context, what are your thoughts on uh, on Friday? How optimistic are you? Well, I think, you know, I think you've got to be relatively optimistic. As I say, I think it will, I think uh, uh, we'll know a lot more once the sort of the England situation becomes clear, who's available, who's not available. Uh, I say Joe Launchbury, I think will be in the England squad for the Wales game. But we might well get Alfie Barbary back, who didn't play yesterday. Um, and again, he makes a, a real difference to the side. Um, so, look, it's it's a game, I think, and Bristol Sports probably won't thank for saying this. If Wasps are serious about finishing in the top four, then I think they probably need to win. Because we've we've got some very difficult games 
coming up. This is one of them. Northampton away is quite soon. We've still got to go to Gloucester, who have been a great season, and they haven't lost many at home. So, you know, there's in this in such a tight league, there's not a lot of margin for error for teams like us now, especially having dropped a load of games at the start of the season. So, look, it's it's a game. I think they will fancy their chances. Um, my concern with playing Bristol is it's the same as my concern going into the game yesterday is we concede a lot of cheap points and Bristol are the sort of team that could sort of rattle off sort of three tries in 10 minutes against us and take the game away from us which is sort of what Harlequins did yesterday either side of half time um, so I can see similar to your game against London Irish actually, I can probably see quite a high scoring game um, but yeah I think I, I think we might just we might just nick it I think yeah, um, it's it's possible. I, I, I appreciate you giving us a, a little glimmer of hope there, but and I, I do wonder whether there's always there's always a glimmer of hope when you play us because we'll we'll let team you know teams do score plenty of points against us. I mean, Bath had Bath not had a bloke sent off two weeks ago, they'd have probably turned us over at home. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's. I mean, I think this is what's good about the Premiership at the moment is that yeah, there are there are some really good competitive games flying yeah, around, yeah. and and I think uh, yeah, let's hope that it's a good one on Friday. And uh, well, I think our expectations now for top six even are kind of fairly low, so maybe we'll just play with gay abandon, and uh, who knows what will happen. Um, who do you think? Uh, well, actually, you know what I was going to say. What, what about a score prediction then, Rob? You're. I know you're a stats man. What What do you reckon? <laughs> I uh, yeah I think I think I, I will go I will go for a wasp win which I don't think I've done when I've spoken to you before and I because uh, I think I was really quite downbeat about the game earlier in the season and then wasps won by like forty points <laughs> so I was made to look quite stupid by that so um, yeah I think wasps will win um, probably well we don't seem to, we don't seem to beat teams easily so um, so yeah wasps by less than seven and you'll get something I think. Um, yeah, let's let's see if Nizam Carr can roll back the ears, eh? Oh, thanks for reminding us about that, name. Okay, well, <laughs> look, that's brilliant. I really appreciate it. Um, we will find out on Friday, no doubt. Cheers. Well, nice, nice to hear Rob again, but uh, not quite so nice, Pete. That uh, he's growing in confidence as far as games against Bristol's concerned. Yes, he is. Yes, he was. Uh, he was. He was kind of relatively cock a hoop. Um, and even and even dug the nail like found the nail in a little bit by saying that even he was he'd been quite pessimistic earlier on in the season and never predicted that they'd hammer us <laughs> in that second game. Um, so yeah, they, that was when they weren't playing very well apparently. So um, yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's predicted a Wasps win. He alluded back to that miserable night. Do you remember and uh, uh, that? that our Christmas fixture when Nizam Carr went over right at the end he alluded back to that right at the end didn't mm, he? he did um, just to just to just to just, no, just to make me feel a bit worse but yeah well, I mean he's got every right to be confident at the moment I think yeah I know I know they lost to Quinns but listening to the interview they've put in some decent results against some big teams especially that European mm. win as well um, so uh, yeah they're going to come come with quite a bit of confidence I would think Lee <laughs> Again, as we say every week, you know, depending on injuries and who may or may not be back, how, how do you see Pat approaching this one? What kind of changes do you expect to the team? I mean, I, I think maybe with the forwards, I think Harry Facker will come back in for Kerr. Um, I think probably 
Joycey will come back in for, for Holmes. Um, and I think pretty much then that will that will remain the same for me. I don't know what you guys think, but... Well, we'll have to wait and see how Luatua's calf is. Yeah. You know, he was taken off as a precaution, but, uh, you know, that was the problem that kept him out. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't see that we'd shuffle the pack that much. I think I tend to agree with you on the, the, the two you've talked about there. I mean, obviously, number nine. <laughs> we haven't got a lot of options, have we? I mean, Strang's definitely the uh, the number one in that position. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we're going to lose Sheets, aren't we, for next week because of the Welsh, um, one, the Welsh side? One would have thought so. I mean, there is always the chance that he won't make the, the match squad, but I think that's fairly unlikely, seeing he's been back up... Uh, mm. To, to bigger for the for the first two games. Yeah, so I mean, I I don't know. I mean, as like you say, we don't know about injuries yet. We don't know about Morahan as well, do we? I mean, but I mean, we do still have options because um, at some point, Purdy's got to come back into that side. It's just whether he comes comes in for Bates on the wing or whether he plays fullback. Um, and I I think he'll stick. I think Pat will stick with Semi and Piers O'Connor. Um, and I think, as Pat, uh, as Pete said earlier, Alapate, I think probably deserves another run out on the wing if if the legs still still keep him going. So for me, it's the the key things are, are obviously te- um, ten for sheets, uh, fullback, and and who we put on the wing. Yeah, and Pete, uh, you know that that number ten position. Who, who do you think is going to start there on Friday? Don't know. I, I mean, the obvious answer is, is Lloyd again, but I don't know. I, I, you know, it seems you know he's been full back, and then he's been scrum half, and yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, clearly he didn't have Tiff in the match day twenty three, did he? So, uh, despite his kind of cameo against Irish, so you know, clearly doesn't fancy him. At the moment, well, I, I, I don't really, know. Is, really is, don't that, know. is that being a bit unfair? Because you did have Lloyd and Sheedy in the the fifteen, so you did have cover yeah, of fly maybe. half. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see Tiff. Tiff will be back in it. I mean, I, you know, I think it wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise because he, he looked really good when he came on for that little cameo. Um, I mean, I think uh, just to the forwards, I, I think Dan Thomas has got to play because there was a slightly ominous thing on that Rob told us that. Um, uh, Jack Willis played, didn't he? Came back yesterday, yeah. the Jackler in chief, mm. and probably will be playing on Friday. Uh, and they, you know, we know their their back row is is pretty. Uh, is, is when they're fully fully loaded, they've got a very very dynamic and uh, breakdown. So we need to have some breakdown specialists because we got done at the breakdown by Worcester, didn't we? So, uh, you know, that's that's something to think about for for Friday. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. The back line's a bit, bit. I mean, I imagine it'll be Piers and, and Sammy again. Um, I, I think Lee's right with Leora. I think I, I, I feel confident. I want him to be there. I want. I feel the confidence when I see Leora now on the pitch. Um, and the other wing fullback is tricky about where Purdy goes. So yeah, so again, like I say every week, boys, it's something to look forward to. It's, it's you know, it's a bit of speculation on the team news. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd really like... If, if Piotr's not back, I, I, I'd really like to see Tiff Eden given a try at uh, 10. 
Um, you know, perhaps Lloyd is then uh, at full back. Uh, yeah, Purdy comes in for Bates maybe. Um, but I don't know. I just got the feeling they'll put Yo and Lloyd in at ten. Um, and then uh, yeah, whether whether Purdy then uh, ends up at full back. Um, what's happened to um, what's I mean, what's happened to Adi Loken and Fricker is, is is back now, isn't he as well? And, well, Adi Loken just seems to be the ultimate extra warm up guy for yeah. for the team. We see him most weeks in the the extra players that that go mm. along. I don't know, he's an out and out wing, isn't he? But clearly not 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 getting a sniff I, I Frick is not I don't think he's listed as unavailable no. he just seems to be out of the picture and and this for me is so bizarre because we seem to have guys that play like have massive runs in the side and all of a sudden you know that they're, they're I, I know Fricker was injured but they just seem to be to tail off and you we don't hear from them for months and months and you know it's all right giving players rest but like it's very bizarre. It's a bizarre situation to understand mm. coming from the outside and, and wondering why aren't these guys who were first-team players not getting a sniff now? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, we'll find out on Thursday lunchtime when the team is announced, but let's uh, let's decide uh, or let's predict what we think the scores are going to be. Um, uh, Lee, I'll come to you second because you have two to think of. What Miles, of course, would uh, would predict if he was here. So, Pete, let me come to you first. Bristol against Wasps. Well, despite my slightly negative outlook, this pod, and I apologise for that, I, I still have a lot of faith in our in our club and our team massively. Of course, I do because we try and play proper rugby, and I think something Rob said that. Wasps always give away cheap points and stuff. Is I think we we could score reasonably heavily on an, you know it's another day. It's going to be close. I think it might be a bit like that London Irish game, like he said. But I think we'll win by. It will be close, but by between sort of five and seven, I think they'll get a losing bonus point. And your prediction is? <laughs> oh, I've got to give numbers, of course. Yeah, I'm going to go for. Uh, did I say five or seven? Yeah, no, I'm still quick math. Get on with it, man. I'm going to go 28-21. 28-21. Um, seven, isn't it? Yeah. What, what, what's, uh, what's Miles going for? Well, did you, I don't know if the listeners might have heard that text message that just come in. That was that was Miles just sending in his uh, his prediction last minute. Um, he's he's gone for a belter this week, Tony. He's gone for a. A really high-scoring game, and um, and he's gone for a, a sixty points each draw. Wow! I tell you what, that'd be some entertainment, wouldn't it? it? Really if that, would, if wouldn't that it? comes to fruition, <laughs> Lee, are you going for a hundred and twenty-point game, or are you going to be a little bit more conservative on the score line? I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. I think, as most people would, with any common sense, but um, I can't see us winning this one. Um, I, as much as I, I mean, I, I will take Pete to task a little bit. I don't know why you're apologising, Pete, because you know you. We, we always say we we see we say as we see it, and and that performance wasn't good enough. So you shouldn't apologise, yeah. mate, because no, you're right. you know it, it is what it was. But um, but I'm going to go for, and I I do hate predicting against us, but I, I just can't see it as wasps. Um, I'm going to go for. Um, 24-32 to Wasps. 
Yeah, I'm really torn on this. Uh, my my heart is saying we're going to turn it round. My head is saying after that that performance and the confidence and the injuries, we we're going to struggle. Um, and I am going to go for a uh, 24-27 Wasps win. I think. I think they're. Dude, I just and Jack Jack Willis back. You just yeah. know he's every time he plays against us. Yeah. he does something. He scores. He, he collects. He jackals, doesn't he? Gets the penalties. I I think we str- might struggle. I hopefully we'll we'll pick something up. Hopefully both Lee and I are completely wrong, and yeah, we'll be hopefully. delighted if that's the case next weekend. But uh, yeah, there there we are. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Um, now uh, news broke today, um, an article that was in in the rugby paper that uh, Bristol appear to have signed James Williams, who's the fly half at Hartbury, who's actually um, he's I think he's the top uh, point scorer in the league. Um, he's had little spells with Worcester and Sale, uh, but has been playing well for Hartbury. And in an interview that was given by Mark Cornwall, the head coach of, of Hartbury, he talked about James uh, coming down to Bristol and playing with Pat next year or under Pat next year. Uh, let me let me come to you, Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, AJ McGinty's coming in. Uh, if yeah. this this turns out to be true, we've got James Williams as well. What do you think that means for our flyer half situation going into next season? Well, I mean, dare I say it? it I mean, it does look, it does point towards departures, doesn't it? Um, and incidentally, actually signing this guy from Artbury, it, it has got, it, it does look good. It does look a decent signing, but it has also got shade to Tiff Eden a few years ago. If you remember when we signed him from Nottingham, he was top point scorer. Top in the point scorer then. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's. Uh, Unfortunately, talking to Tiff, I think you know possibly um, Tiff might be one of the departures. Uh, I mean, I hope not because I, I just really like the guy, and I think you know if he had a, a run in the team, which he's never going to get, I know, especially with AJ uh, coming in next season. But if he does leave us, I I really hope he finds a, a club that will look after him, and you know I I think the guy's got a lot of talent, and I I'd really love to see him kind of come back and play in somewhere in the Premiership no absolutely uh, yeah he's, he's he's been unfortunate has he not quite grasped the chances uh, that, that he's had in the last year or so Pete your thoughts on that fly half situation well I was just checking that, that you read the article when he said that he was looking forward to playing under Pat that doesn't mean Pat was going to the heartbeat <laughs> coach <laughs> which uh, but he definitely said he was body to go to Bristol Bears <laughs> um well, what, 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 what do you think that means for our, our ten situation? And oh, you yeah. know, is, is, is this a, is yeah. this a, is this a good signing? Do you think this means that maybe Yoan Lloyd isn't going to be the uh, the ten of the future? That he's bringing in extra options? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think uh, I, I, I think I was thinking about Lloyd, and I was thinking that maybe because he, he, he's been this kind of wonderkind kid, but and has come, he's almost been too good, too young. They played all these utility back kind of positions, all these utility positions. Maybe it would have been better for him to have just gone and played out on loan somewhere somewhere this season and just had a run at, at just playing. Because you know, unless he's training, playing, he, he doesn't really get a run or consistency. So I wonder 
whether it's just been a bit un- unfortunate for him. Um, but yeah, I think so. It sounds like if he is as good, if he is kind of as solid as, as what some would say as he sounds, then it seems like a, a good, sensible um, uh, signing to, to be the kind of third choice scrum fly half. Um, and then who knows what will happen to Lloyd. But. Yeah. Okay. Um, then the the other bit of speculation that uh, I think Ran Ranger has got a, a a season and a bit left on his contract, but uh, when that's up, uh, speculation that uh, potentially might move to Japan or, or back to France. Uh, Lee, does that come as any surprise to you? No, not not as a surprise at all. I mean, Ran Ranger is always going to be a player that people, you know, teams are always going to going to look for aren't they they're going to want to sign but um, I mean I think from a personal level I think if if Semi leaves Bristol without any further silverware I think it you know it, it wouldn't I don't think he would be happy with with what he's achieved at Bristol you know and I mean you know the, a signing like that comes with so much I mean the guy's world class so much potential and it would it would just feel like a little bit of unfilled potential at Bristol personally you know if, yeah. if he went if he left us without but you know we shall see and you know if he does go we'll we, you know, we'll move on won't we we have to because you know as good as he is there's other players out there and someone will fill the void yeah absolutely and I think you know if, if Charles Piatow does go at the end of the season uh, you know we won't be able to replace him as a, one of the two marquees mm. uh, uh, signings so all clubs then have the the one uh, Sami is ours yeah uh, but of course if he does go in you know whatever 16 months time that frees that position up yeah just about the time when the cap will start to 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 increase again uh, okay well something that we haven't had the that uh, was a, a regular feature of our early shows and that's gets my goat <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, start with this one and it's not going to be lack of appearances by miles is it <laughs> n- well no that's 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 just ongoing that, 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 that doesn't that doesn't need uh, that doesn't need any special mention no what this is and it uh, goes back to the game uh, against London Irish when there was a uh, a little bit of uh, an altercation. Someone, a very good listener of the pod, I'm not going to name them, got involved. And uh, anyway, the nub of it was, uh, as often has been the case on Friday games, especially when it's mate rates or, you know, they've, they've put cheap tickets out. People that aren't regulars just don't know which uh, stairway to, to walk up. Uh, and what gets my goat, and I think Ashton Gate is fairly unique, is we've got the big signs underneath uh, the grandstand that says E30, E31, and then the next one will say E31, E32. But why, why, why don't the club say the first E31 is for seats 1 to 20 and the second one is for seats 21 to 40? It seems so simple and would stop lots of people coming up the wrong... Uh, um, stairways then having to force a whole row of people to stand up which you know we're all passionate rugby fans you want to be watching the game and you know if we could just make that little simple step to make it clearer which entrance you need to go in where your seats are I think that would make it a better experience for everyone Bit of vinyl, isn't it? It's not going to cost the club that much to yeah. uh, to to stick that onto the sides. Yeah, and I think the the thing is, it, 
it does it does tend to happen a lot more when it is mates rates and I, I know the club have to do that you know it's mm. it's fine and that's just there's no issue at all but something is simple that can be rectified quite easily corrected just by a little bit of vinyl it says that it makes it clear for everyone they know where they're going um what does happen is when people do start you know, coming in and then you know, getting pe- getting rows of crowds up, it just breaks the atmosphere, doesn't it? That's the thing. And then you know, we all agree we want to be behind our team from the off, and um, and it just kind of breaks things up a little bit, jars people off, and then they're not thinking about the team because they're in the mood for the next ten minutes, you know. Right. And it's so easily rectified, and it's a, it's a great goat. I mean, we've we've had we've experienced this firsthand, haven't we? Absolutely. So that that's what's uh, that's what's got my goat uh, in in the last week or so. Uh, let's finish on some positive news, though. Um, announcement last week from Premiership Rugby that all games now, if they're not shown on BT Sport or ITV, will be available from this weekend coming. Uh, so Bristol's game, which hasn't been chosen for BT, you will now be able to pay £4.99 and watch it via the Premiership Rugby app and PRTV. Uh, let me come to you, Pete. Um, your thoughts on, on this development? Well, it seems like a good one. Uh, I, I can't see any problems with it. Uh, I mean, if you... If you are we, is it the ones that aren't on BT Sport? So if you've already got BT Sport, obviously that's fine. You did so, but you could watch the other ones, couldn't you? Maybe I don't know. Actually, yeah. you could watch the other ones for the rest of the weekend, couldn't you? So, um, yeah. I mean, what? Well, I think that's. I think fair play to Premiership TV because they got a bit of grief, the Premier Rugby, didn't they? For you know when the Channel Five deal disappeared and and then when there's been some grief about not being able to watch other games and obviously we got so used to in lockdown to watch being able to watch everything I, I think it's a good example of, of, of fan voice has has been listened to and, and they've come up with a, with a deal and sorted something out for everyone so I, I think it'd be, it'd be a bit churlish if people were complaining that oh it's £4 it could be £3 or something like that no fair play Lee yeah I mean my only my only thing about that is I mean, it's, it's, it's great that you can watch the games. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's fantastic. We can watch uh, Bristol Bears every week now. We know that. But my only thing is, you know, people pay for a BT Sports subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, things, we already know things are tight, you know, ec- economically uh, throughout the country. But then they're, they're having to fork out again for something else. And it's, it's just, I guess, it, again, it just falls on how much money people have got in their pockets to be able to afford it. I mean, it's great it is to watch the games, but if you can't afford to watch the, the extra £5 to watch that, you know, mm. Bristol might be on twice in one month, then you're not going to do it, are you? So ultimately, you'll miss out. So it's great to be able to watch the games if you're in a financial position to be able to do that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, with the with the BT Sports subscription as well, I, I suppose the thing is, we would have those people would have missed those games anyway because up until now they haven't. Yeah. But there is an opportunity four ninety nine for a single game or six ninety nine to watch the three or four games that aren't on telly during the week. Uh, I think it's good. I tell you what, 
in particular, I love the timing because now I don't have to pay 60 quid to sit at the wreck in the rain <laughs> yeah. in a couple of weeks' time. That's I am going to be true. so sat in front of my sofa with a few cans of beer, yeah. uh, not having to go there and pay them lot um, my yeah. hard-earned cash. So for me, We're all that's, saving money in that, that respect. That, 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 that's worth it every day of the week. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Um, I think uh, looking at the clock... Um, You'd have to be quite close to the half marathon world record, uh, Simon, if you want to uh, beat this time in. So uh, that's it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for re- review or rating for us on your podcast platform. Uh, we'll be back next week with our review of the Wasp game and a preview of the away trip to the team whose name cannot be said. Until next time, goodbye, stay safe, and come on, Briz. Briz.